Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. This is WEEI Late Night with KJ Carson on WEEI. Now is the winter of our discontent, made glorious summer by this sun of York. And all the clouds that lowered upon our house in the deep bosom of the ocean. I think the, the, the most uh, important thing I can say is that it's expensive to have baseball players, to have the best. <laughs> So, 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 what, what has enabled us over the years to be able to spend with the Yankees and the Dodgers and is, is your support. Now is the winter of our discontent. May glorious summer by this son of York. And all the clouds that lord upon our house in the deep bosom of the ocean buried. Late night, W-E-E-I, it's KJ. That is the opening line from Richard III about the winter meetings, weekend, of discontent. And after that, you heard John Henry, and you heard all of the Richards screaming. No pun intended when I call them Richards, just for the sake of it. See, if you want to take the opening line and apply that from Richard III to what happened at Winter Weekend in front of John Henry and Hein Bloom, it translates like this. We, the fans, ain't happy. We want our summer baseball to be enjoyable as they've been. And then you brought in this guy who seems to make it worse. Deep down, we want an overthrow of everyone. You didn't think I would come in here this dramatic, Joe. How are you tonight, man? Joe Braverman, how you doing? I am good. You sound a little bit like that uh, that overseer who gave you the best snack chips in the house. Oh, I was going to say, overseer. I, like, me and overseers have never gotten along historically. Well, he, he wasn't a judge. <laughs> that's the thing. He was just over... He was the... Um, the overseer. I don't know the name for it, but he wasn't a judge. So okay, you sound back, like him. Okay, and get back in prose. The reason why I enjoy Shakespeare so much is because... It always shows the fatal flaw of humans. Fatal flaw. Thinking that if we scream loud enough, if we believe we have enough power, we can do enough. Now, without spoiling Richard III for you, if you don't know it, Richard dies because of his greed and his jealousy. 
all to become king, and I'm here to tell you that you won't overthrow this kingdom because the revolution costs money. And there's no Ann in Gloucester to help you with your cause and your plan. Can we let go of this thinking that John Henry's just going to give up the team because you want him to? It's expensive to have baseball players. Look. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help you with some math. I know, look, KJ, I don't listen at this time of night to do math problems. I'm already finished with high school. But sometimes that gets you to help understand what's at play. This is a smart organization. Smart. <sighs> to this Richard III comparison. See, how can I say it? Like, Richard kind of had a humpback. He was kind of commoner. Like, you know. We're not talking about a guy handsome enough to be king. But he thought his anger would be enough to motivate him. Get rid of anybody who would stop him from having the kingdom for himself. And happen in a little bit. But and, and you know, some of the Red Sox fan base feels like the Red Sox should be kind of like the Green Bay Packers of baseball. Right? All the years... Some people, you'll have people call here and say, I was a ticket holder in 66. I'm like, man, can you can you show me where the fountain of youth is, Ponce de Leon? But it goes that way. There's this romanticism. It's the first team that you learn to love. It's the team that's almost 50 years old before the, the Celtics show up. And I'm not saying you're that old, but you get it. Your house probably is. But I think there has to come to some kind of understanding that, look, baseball is not the King Don sport that it once was. And there are select markets in the country that carry the sport. Then there are a lot of markets that are just kind of like, oh, boy. Think about it. It makes a lot of sense for the Los Angeles market to have two teams just the same way it makes a lot of sense for the New York market to have two teams. Except for one team in Los Angeles, oh, my gosh, they're bleeding money and, and not winning. And that shouldn't happen. That It's just the state of baseball and where it is. And when you're one of the pillars, and I've said the four pillars of Major League Baseball are the Yankees, the Red Sox, the Dodgers, the Cubs. Those four hold up the sport. Doesn't matter how bad or how good the team is, people are going to show up to see it. Do not fool yourself in thinking a hunchback Richard is going to convince you that suddenly you have the powers to overthrow. No. 617-779-7937, text line 37937. To kind of show the let them eat cake moment of winter weekend of discontent, here's Heim Bloom on the Mookie bet situation. And listen carefully. You asked about the, the, the vision that I was talking about with Rafi. And this is why I think it's really important to make this contrast. Because at that time three years ago, everybody knows it, we were faced with a similar choice one year away from free agency with a superstar player. And we, we didn't sign him, and I want to explain why. We didn't sign him because when you make those bets, they're big bets. And those bets, those bets, those bets usually, now y'all know it, you guys are smart, those bets are much better up front and on the back end. We know that, every team knows that when they're making those bets. 
But if you want to make that type of bed, you better be ready to back it up. You better be ready to surround that bed with a whole lot of talent, a whole lot of young talent, or you're not going to win. And you see it all the time in that in this game. You see it all the time. And I don't think anybody would disagree where the organization was. We just weren't ready to back up that bed. We weren't ready to back it up. We had to get young talent back in the organization. So we made the move that we made. We made the move that we made with Mookie. And we got Alex Verdugo. And we took all the resources that the organization provides us. Look at Heim going raw is war on the crowd. How many times did he say the name Bet or Bets? Yeah, that's a really good reference, especially since it's, what, the 30th anniversary tonight? Yeah, Raw is 30. Oh, it was off the hook tonight. The Oso Brothers, the opening tag team, usually opening tag team match tend to be jobbers, but it was really good. I kind of pick, I don't want to go off another train track. But yeah, Heim went Raw is 30 tonight well, over the weekend of discontent. He's like, the, he's like the heel who's trying to like defend himself. I'm yeah, not a bad guy. But no, no. What Heim did was bring heat. That's what they love, right? Because he's doing promo right there, and they are really, they are buying in. Like, he could sell tickets right now to another to a match. If someone went ding, 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 they would be willing to see anybody come out and fight Heim. I'm not saying that's what would have happened, but I got to give it to Heim. This brother's learning how to throw heat. Like, it would be perfect. Like, the next time they have the WWE at, at TD Garden, have Heim Bloom come out. <laughs> Put the super up. I know, I know, I know, I know. Even though I'm in charge of something that's colored red, I'm here to bring the green. I was going to say, like, he's (laughs) got to have a standoff with somebody. Who would the standoff be with? Uh, The entire 17,000 that would be in attendance that night. He would be booed religiously. And then I'm sure, like, the hero or the good guy would come out and be like, these people are awesome. Yeah, but but, but you know what? There wouldn't have to be a good guy now because the way that Raw is 30 is working these days is that there's no good. Good guys could be good guys. Bad guys could be bad guys. Bad and good guys could get along. That, That Heim is bringing heat. And the reason why I say that is because we all know that the Verdugo, Jeter Downs, Connor Wong for Mookie Betts did not pan out at all. I mean, you got Verdugo here, but again, remember, Verdugo every year is in the conversation for MVP. No, that's not true. So the fans... While they're giving all this Richard III heat, management knows there's nothing you're going to do. You might say you're not going to go to the game, but guess what? Your seat won't be empty. You may say, I don't like the team that's out there, but guess what? They'll still play all 162. See, when John and Tom bought the team for $380 million back in 2002, or in today's money, $627 million, they delivered the first World Series here since that that guy who with the mythical stats and pretended to point for the home run in Chicago for the for the sick kid, but was only the MVP one time. How you Babe Ruth and you only the MVP one time? That's where I'm kind of like with these new kids be like, okay, man, you need to come with some pictures to prove this. This dude's supposed to be one of the greatest all time, but been an MVP once. Once? Even before they had MVP awards, they had league awards for the person most important to the team, and he never made it. But I think once. No, none. One MVP. Look, the value of the Red Sox is just at 
$4 billion. That's a 10x multiple from when, when they brought the team in 2002. 10x multiple. So now I'm going to apply this to your finances. Think about what you make right now. Don't say it out loud. I can't hear it. But times that by 10. And you're making the same thing now. Are you going to be willing to suddenly just willy-nilly spend for no reason? Or are you going to think of creative ways to keep that 10x going? You're going to think of creative ways to keep the 10x going and how to continue to grow it. So the truth is, you know, the fans want to overthrow the kingdom. I hope you've got the biggest damn hammer in New England for that piggy bank you're about to bust out because it's going to cost you somewhere around $6 billion. So call that friend that you have. You got $6 billion? You want to buy the Red Sox? Yeah, I, yeah, I know you're going to help subsidize the Pittsburgh Pirates and the Miami Marlins and the Cincinnati Reds, the oldest team in baseball, but one of the brokest. You're going to subsidize all of them. Baltimore Orioles. They'll get away with not spending, but you can't really do it. You're one of the pillars of the league. 617-779-7937. Text line 37937. KJ Late Night here on WEEI. All right, I got to continue this conversation about how the booing really just was, I mean, it was just really, it was like a bad wrestling promo for some people. I, I know you're, I know you're, look, I have to admit, myself, Barrett when he was here, uh, the two of us, we really blew a lot of oxygen on the Red Sox fleet. We did. We we get you. And, and you know what? From a performance standpoint, thank you very much. Because a lot of it did apply. A lot of it did apply. For me, the genesis of it all, just like the same way when you're in counseling and you're talking about your relationship, you're like, where did it all where did it where did it go wrong? And for me, and I've always said this was right when the team was overperforming itself in 2021 and they were slowly leaking oil after having a nice, sizable lead. It was like, send troops, send help, send help, send help, send send help, maybe too late. Hey, they got within two games of the World Series, but then didn't keep some of those pieces that helped you. And one of them, I kind of give them half of a hall pass, Hunter Redfro, from a management's perspective. I get it, I get it. But Kyle Schwarber walked. And then you saw what you had last year. We'll continue the Red Sox conversation. Join in 617-779-7937. Text line 37937. Yes, more of the winter of content weekend next. Right now it's time to trend with Drew Braverman. They're big bets. <laughs> the Greg Hill Show, weekdays 6 to 10. Now, here's what's trending on WEEI. Well, the Celtics' nine-game winning streak came to an end tonight as they lose for the third time this season to the Orlando Magic, 113-98. to Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown each scored 26 points, but the team had 18 turnovers that led to 19 Magic points. The season will look to rebound tomorrow night in Miami as they take on the Heat. For the second night of a back-to-back, tip-off for that game will be at 7.30. Still no decision from the Patriots regarding their search for an offensive coordinator. However, according to Burt Breer, Gerard Mayo was sitting in with Bill Belichick during their five interviews last week for offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. 
Staying in the NFL, some news following divisional round weekend. Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid both say Mahomes intends to play in Sunday's AFC Championship game against the Bengals. Mahomes left in the second quarter last Sunday with a high ankle sprain, but did return at the start of the second half and finish the game. The Bruins begin a five-game road trip heading into the All-Star break starting tomorrow night in Montreal against the Canadiens. 7 o'clock is the puck drop tomorrow night. And following a tense winter weekend in Springfield, the Red Sox have signed lefty reliever Ryan Sheriff to a minor league deal. The 32-year-old has a 3.65 ERA and 44 career appearances for the Cardinals and the Rays. And the LA Lakers have acquired forward Rui Achimura from the Washington Wizards for Kendrick Nunn and three second-round picks. I'm Joe Braverman, and that's what's trending on WBEI and WBEI.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's really important that we provide accessibility to Fenway. I mean... It, it, we cannot grow that next generation of fans without people being able to, to get there. And we do have high ticket prices at the high end, um, mostly corporations and businesses that buy, whether it's luxury boxes or lower box seats. But we also have $9 tickets for every single game, for every student anywhere in New England can come to Fenway Park for $9. And that's really important. Um, we have to make Fenway Park accessible. Um, and it's, it's critical that our fans know that the revenues that we generate go to two places. They go into the player payroll, into the product on the field, and they go into Fenway Park, preserving, protecting, and enhancing Fenway Park. Late night, WEEI, it's KJ, 617-779-7937, text line 37937. That was Red Sox Sam Kennedy. At the winter weekend of discontent. Made glorious summer by this son of York. And all the clouds that lord upon our house in the deep bosom of the ocean buried. That's Richard from Richard III. Pretty much the fans as Richard saying, hey, we're not happy. We want our summer baseball to be what it is because right now this winter we are not happy. And deep down in the bosom of the ocean. We want to see people gone at the top. And that's Sam Kennedy talking about like where costs go. And and here's the thing. You know, do, do does ownership really have to, to, to say any of this? Do they really have to tell you this? I mean, this is stuff you can watch this. Look up. Now, in the last break, I was talking about if I'm the Red Sox, would I want to be the most willy-nilly spending in the league where – 
there's a lot of teams that are really just being kind of propped up by the neck just to just to just to provide entertainment at a local municipality catch up on those taxes on that referendum you got for that stadium 15 20 years ago let me put this in perspective according to Forbes here's how you come up with the value of the team right the sport the value that that team is to the sport itself how much it matters to the market in its value how much is the stadium or facilities at value and then how valuable is the brand okay so yankees are valued at 6 billion to the sport they're worth 1.4 billion to the market of new york city they're worth almost 2.8 billion and their stadium is worth a billion and their brand is worth about 850 million put those numbers all together you get 6 billion okay that makes sense joe Yes. Okay. Yes, I okay. That out. Took a little so, time, but I got it. Okay. So, in rank, Yankees are one, Dodgers two, Red Sox three. The Red Sox valuation three point nine billion. To the sport, their value is at eight hundred and seventy five billion. So yeah, they're behind the Yankees, but they're also behind the Cubs. They're behind the Giants. They're behind the Mets, and they're about tied with the Cardinals. So in terms of the sport of baseball. The Red Sox are just as valuable as the St. Louis Cardinals. This is going to blow your mind. To the market, and this is where the Red Sox really get their money. The Red Sox mean everything to greater Boston and New England. Yankees, I mentioned 2.8. Dodgers at 1.9. Red Sox at 1.6. Then come the Cubs. Then come the, uh, the Giants. So in terms of its importance to the market, oh, this is what I've been saying. This has been your team since before other teams were here. This is where the fictitious fat guy who used to pitch and hit home runs all the time, but nobody saw it, was here. In fact, got traded. That, that's a great script right there. And then gets traded to the team that's valued the most. Hollywood loved that. No, I, I do believe Babe Ruth existed. Some of my people related to him down in Baltimore, but people don't want to discuss that. (laughs) Okay, here's another thing you hear people say, get rid of Fenway, that thing is a relic, the whole nine, yeah, yeah, this, that, and the third. Watch this. Yankee Stadium, a billion dollars. Dodger Stadium, Stadium, $700 million. Fenway, $805 million. The Cubs, Wrigley Field is worth eight hundred seven. million. Nobody else is close except for maybe the Giants, and then everything else drops down to a half million or less. So you're like, huh, we've got the third most valuable, fourth, the third most valuable stadium in the league, and we're just going to tear that down? I mean, you would think, now here's the thing, stadium's paid for, right? I would think that Fenway's paid for at this point. And then the brand, I mentioned the Yankees at about $850 million. Dodgers at six hundred million, Red Sox at five hundred fifty million, five fifty. So you're like, okay, well, how do you handle this? One, you keep your costs low. So in terms of spending, all right, in terms of operating income, Texas spent the most, then the Braves, then the Orioles, then the Mariners, then the Guardians. Then the Red Sox. You're like, KJ, that can't be the case. But here's the thing. 
It's all based on your revenue. So the Rangers, whose revenue is almost $400 million, that's impressive, spent almost $100 million. Where are the Red Sox? Their revenue, $480 million. They've spent $69 million. The Red Sox in that entire list have no debt. Debt free. <laughs> the Rangers, 37% debt. They're pretty much like for every for every $10, $3.7 is accounted for by somebody else. Debt. Red Sox, zero. So when you have no debt, you've got a high ceiling between what you pay out and what it costs. You're running an effective business, my friends. Because this is a business. 617-779-7937, text line 37937, KJ Late Night, WEEI. So here's how it plays out for the Red Sox. This is what I think. In order to increase the valuation of what they're doing, look, putting gadgets and stuff like that in a stadium, that's going to be cool. Maybe when gambling kicks in on the 31st, you'll see what that does in terms of the stadium. That might go towards stadium revenue. You just don't know. It might be something shared. But building a whole new ballpark just to add $200 million to value, if that much, you got to play somewhere in the meantime. Where are you going to play? Malden High? But I'm serious here. The only way they can really up the deal of the value of the team and there where you could see more spending is if the value of the brand goes up. And that's why I've been saying Shohei Atani may be the big catch in 24 because now paired with Yoshida, they can go after international money, make more money on the brand. FSG does this already because they own Liverpool. And a lot more people are starting to buy in. I know you were saying this before the Devers extension got signed, but now that Devers is signed and there's somewhat of space, like people are starting to buy in that, hmm, maybe they are actually going for Otani. Yeah, maybe that KJ guy is right. And that's not the important part of it. It's just understanding. Look, I totally understand the frustration. It could be very tough seeing a bunch of $7 million guys running out there for the third most valuable franchise in baseball. You're like, what are you doing? Right? But Tampa's nowhere on this list in terms of value. I mean, their 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 value is less than a billion dollars. So, yes, it's very tough to see a guy who's come from a less than or, or about a $1 billion franchise applying that quote-unquote magic to a $4 billion franchise. I've said, you can't expect Tampa prices in the seaport for a steak. Welcome to Boston, Massachusetts. Oh, and did you did you make sure you kept your stub for park? That's twenty five bucks right there. It's going to cost, and I think the only way the Red Sox feel like they'll be able to spend freely is if they know that they have brand identity beyond the walls of baseball in America. If you have Yoshida and you have Otani, and now that's a traveling road show, it's like what the Golden State Warriors do in the NBA. You know, just look at ticket prices for games. Like the low, when they look at like the lowest ticket, if you ever look at those things, the lowest ticket for the game, sometimes you might see them for as low as like 25 bucks. 
when Golden State comes, it doesn't matter if they're coming to Oklahoma City. That ticket is jumping up to 100 bucks. No, no less that. Because of the brand awareness and identity that makes money for everybody. The Yankees, they could stand alone. The New York market, I mean, you got 20 million people. If 10% of the people are interested, that's 2 million people. So it's a it's a self-sufficient market, and the Mets have really become, it, it have always been a secondary thing there. But here, the Red Sox, it's always been everything. And, and this is where I'd say, in a macro to micro economic sense, you can't really compare yourself to the Yankees. You can't. There's just not enough people. I mean, even when you collect the rest of New England, what, you get up to maybe about 10 million people total? That's And that's a generous number right there. Might be, I think, probably the amount of people in greater Boston is the amount of people in all of Maine and New Hampshire combined. So when there isn't enough people, there isn't this real room to spend a lot of money. Now, again, when they did this in the early, in, in the early 2000s, baseball was a different sport in terms of financial return, the whole nine. Now what's happened with the pandemic, that's changed a lot of things. Some of the teams that were uh, very valuable or had a, had a lot of uh, uh, competitiveness to them, like the Marlins and the D-backs, when those teams were st- still pretty good or even won championships, oh, those days are over. Like th- That's not the business they're in. The business they're pretty much in is, okay, what's the revenue pie? What is our salaries? How do we, come in, how do we finish in the black every year? Because the brand awareness isn't really there. I mean, put, put it in perspective. The San Diego Padros, with all the money they just spent, their brand value is only $141 million. It's not even, it's, it's not even worth $500 million. So they're, they're trying to build brand awareness and increase their number and their value to baseball, which is a pretty high number at $670 million. So they're valuable to baseball, but their brand has very little value. Red Sox, change you got to change that if you want to see more spending. 617-779-7937, text line 37937, still to come tonight. Uh, the Celtics, look, the, the Magic just have a spell on the Celtics. And now, and, and, and I guess what's really weird about it, we'll get into it here in about 20 minutes, is you know, Jason Tatum missed the last game, and we know why he missed the last game. Then some mystery injury happens and he disappears, but comes back in the last two minutes of the game. But it's not enough. It's weird. Like, what's up with what's up with Orlando? Orlando. And bets to the future in the NBA. See where Jason Tatum is on this MVP chase. Bets to the future coming here in about seven minutes. So those who are on the winter weekend of discontent in Springfield, I understand. You expect a lot more. But also, just take a look around Major League Baseball. The Angels aren't getting it done. The Cubs, as as valuable as they are, they're not getting it done. The Rangers, they're not getting it done. And they're in the fifth largest market in in America. The Nationals, I think they're going to be for sale. And they're in the nation's capital. And listen how loud they fought to get baseball back. Now it's like, well, it's typical Washington. I want it, I want it, I want it. And then they get there and they do nothing. I'm sorry. Even as tough as the Astros are, even as tough as they are, 
the Red Sox still are about thirty five more, uh, about thirty five percent more valuable to the sport than the the Astros are, and all they do is win. And their value to the market of Houston, half that of Boston, and Houston's a bigger market than Boston. So, you have this history, you have location, you have rivalry, you just need more money on the brand side. So this is why I've been saying I will lay down on a sword and kind of commute Heim Bloom's jive turkey of 2022 and hold it if it means that in 2024 a plan is in place to make a run at Otani, pair him with Yoshida, your two most big recent stars in Japanese baseball, and now you've got you've got Nets Nessin Far East. Now, now, now the money rakes in because now you can show these games at seven o'clock in the morning over in Tokyo and have people paying money to see it. And I think it's a good point, like for a revenue standpoint, because look what happened when Dice K came over, like the international feel was huge in Boston for that. Oh, seven. Right. But now you need outside revenue sources more than ever. There's a great book by Tim Ferriss called the four hour work week. Well, they're talking about getting to that. But the idea is when we go to sleep here in America, the rest of the world is at work. So how do you get them to work for you as you sleep? And as they sleep, how are you preparing a product that for when they wake up, they're coming to your product? The Red Sox have that opportunity. That's why when the signing of Yoshida happened, I said, okay, this is making some sense. That's why I joked but I'm serious. Be nice to Yoshida this year, fan base. Be nice to him. Because he may be the stepping lily pad to the big pond jump that this team needs. And that would be Shohei Yotani Pitching and playing the outfield. That's why you go get a Duvall on a one-year deal. Or you tell Tapia, okay, let's sign you to a minor league deal. You'll be here for a year. You don't spend on an outfielder right now. You know, because if the Red Sox get it to a point, and I and I think any real team will will have at least a star in the outfield, a star in the infield, and a star on the mound. That's kind of the idea you'd want to have. Some teams get lucky and have two stars in the outfield, two stars in the infield, maybe a couple of star pitchers. But at each level, you would want to have some type of star. You wouldn't have you don't want to have an infield of a bunch of nobodies. Well, that's really good. They can all feel, but can any of them hit? That's why it's important that your corner, your your first base and third base, that's why the Bobby Dahlback thing, you're kind of like, because uh, the guy has pop. If he could just pop, then there's a diamond in the rough right there that would be a nice complimentary piece, but just the swings and the misses are just too great. But if you have Yoshida, who's a fairly decent player, but in Japan he was a star, you have Otani, who's a star on the mound, and then on his days off he's a star in the outfield, and you have Devers, then you can put other pieces together. Trevor's story, hey, if the arm works, great. If it doesn't, it's a good trade piece, and there's value there in terms of not a whole lot of cost to remove. So Chris Sale ended up revealing, and I was joking when when it first happened because I didn't know what had happened. But, Joe, I don't know if you were here working at the time. I was kind of joking that Chris Sale probably came down one of those carriageways and got thrown off, right? 
Someone's pulling out in a carriageway, like, wait a minute, I thought it was oh, a like carriageway. like his bike accident. Okay. His bike accident, right, because it's over there in Chestnut Hill. Well, here's Chris Sale talking to Ken and Curtis on Saturday at the uh, winter, uh, winter weekend. Uh, winter, winter weekend. Chris, you, you're a leader on this team, and you've come from another organization once and had to step in and take that on in a new group. How tough will it be for all the new faces to do that, the Justin Turners of the world, or do you have to take on more of a leadership role this year because of some uh, different pieces? No, I, I, I think it's quite the opposite. I think we have such a good group of veteran guys in that clubhouse. Um, you know, obviously some guys have left that would have been great to have around, but at the end of the day, uh, this is sports, this is baseball, that kind of stuff happens. we got friends coming and going, teammates, uh, business executives, coaches, trainers. I mean, it, it, it's almost you know, half a year, yearly thing. So those things you try not to pay attention to too much. But what we do have here and what we do have going on is a good thing. Um, good group of guys. And like AC said, man, I've been in the minor leagues for the last three years. So I've seen those guys. I know what we have coming, you know, and it, it's, it's, it's exciting. Um, so, yeah, I mean, moving forward, I know a lot of people like to look in the rearview mirror and say, well, what if this or this guy, that guy, um, you know, hey, we – we got a road trip to make, and we're going to do it with the guys we got, and, and we're all excited about that. I hope they have a better TV in the clubhouse in Worcester now. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, they know you down there. Gosh, you know. I got only one Best Buy over here. <laughs> this poor kid's got to go run and go find some 4K TV. When he, when he said he's got some good things coming, they're like, yeah, we're getting an upgrade on the television. Yeah, exactly. Hey, we got ourselves a 4K in the dugout, thanks to Chris. You know, but look, everybody knows the anticipation. This is very much like Mac Jones. All right, Chris Sale. A, when you come back, B, how long you staying? C, when you get back, if you go away, how long you staying after that? And D, is this going to be just wash, rinse, repeat? So he's been given the benefit of the doubt a couple of times like the boy who cried wolf and i'm not saying that he's faking anything or anything like that but let's just call it what it is chris sales fastball is not what it once was and if he comes into training camp at a fastball that's 91 92 topping out <sighs> you just don't know right this is the other frustration i understand and, and i'll get off this here in a second is okay did anybody at the winter meeting the the winter weekend of discontent. Scream out about pitching. Did anybody say, what about a pitcher? You know, what what about pitching? Because you can sign all these free agent dugout guys, bullpen guys, but if you don't have any frontline guys, it, it doesn't matter because it's still the same problem as last year. Like, there's just this uncomfortableness of Chris Sale coming back as the number one started, at least last year, you're like, well, you know, Nasty Nate was nasty the year before. So if if Evaldi had to step into the number one role, you felt okay with that, except for he got injured. So, yeah. In the comparison of Shakespeare's Richard III, and I suggest if you've never read Shakespeare, it's really, really good. I read a lot of Shakespeare before I got married. That's how lonely I was. I had two Shakespearean, I had two Shakespeare books. But you know what? It got me closer because you have a female over. You'd be like, let me read you some Shakespeare. Shakespeare? You have Shakespeare? Then you get into your old mode and start hitting the lines and everything. Now is the winter of our discontent. 
made glorious summer by this son of York. Peppermint Patty. Okay. I get it. The fans are not happy. This has been a tough winter. Seeing Xander go, come back with nothing. Trevor Story hurts his arm before he even gets to camp. and He may be gone for at least 50 to 75% of the season. You've got guys like Justin Turner coming over, which is kind of like, it's like friends with benefit. Well, I don't say that. That's not true. But it's like friends, you know, like, hey, Kiki's like, hey, my best friend's coming. It's like, yeah, but your best friend is like almost 58 years old. And we need production. An unproven Japanese star that you hope for. You're still trying to figure out if Tristan Cassis can be your everyday first baseman. Bobby Dahlback is still on the roster. Who's playing second? <laughs> like, where, where is Kike go? Is Kike the shortstop? Where, 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 Kike may play a new hybrid position. Well, technically now with the shift, can't even do that. Like he's the center second baseman. <laughs> like in softball, they play four outfielders. They must, can we play four outfielders? KJ late night, W E E I six, one, seven, 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 nine, seven, 93, seven text line, three, seven, 93, seven. Next bets to the future here on W E E I. Thanks for hanging out. Yeah! Yeah! Oh! Late night, W-E-I! KJ, hit it! Yeah! How sweet is this? Thank you so much for hanging out, 617-779-7793-7... Thank you so much for hanging out for the first hour. Remember, the Odyssey app, you can listen for free. Any part of the show or any part of the day, you can rewind. Just type in Odyssey at your Google Play Store or Apple Store, and then type in W-E-E-I. Bring you right here. Click the little heart. It'll save the station, so that way the next time you come to the app, it'll bring you right there. All right, 3793, see if it is the text line. Did the Canadian just come out of me? Steven, <laughs> did that come out of me? My Canadian, my Canadian roots? Um, what do we have on the text line, Joe? Uh, you mentioned play the Red Sox place possibly playing at Malden while they're uh, renovating Fenway Park. Possibly six one seven wants to shout out the Malden Golden Tornado. So maybe what's like up, a, Golden Tornadoes? It's so maybe like a like how you know how the Sox play like Northeastern or like college teams. Maybe that's yeah. something if they're they're still playing. I mean, I, but you know what? The lack of power would make it an interesting game, right? Like, Maybe you let the high schoolers play the shift and the, the, the adults not. So, But, yeah, I mean, um, yeah, they won't play there. But uh, the point I'm making is you can't tear down Fenway unless you have a billion-dollar valuation for a new spot. And where do you play saying that you're going to give up some money for at least a year? Because, you know, it's not like you say, hey, they're gonna, we're going to build under it. You know, it's, this is not the big dig. You know, plus, you know, that would take 30 years and several pensions for that to get done. Uh, another text. 603 Texter, you talked about, you know, Shakespeare and the the winter, yes. uh, the quote and all that. 603 Texter says, this is the most culture I've had from late night radio since Art Reed. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm not familiar. But yes, thank you. Uh, not only do I have a, a state university degree from a historically black university, I have also obtained the knowledge while I was in college. That was actually Run DMC. 
All right. Let's hit bets to the future. Hit it. You're up right now. Ride it out. Too many in mouth is. You mean bet? Yeah. How about ten? Seems a little steep, but ten thousand it is. Not ten thousand. Ten dollars. The future. Yes, look. <laughs> Did that last kind of hit a little different this time? Hey, we're looking at the NBA and the different uh, futures they have at BetMGM. Pretty interesting movement. We'll go through some of them. Let's start with NBA MVP, where Nikola, Nikola Jokic is the odds-on favorite at minus 105, followed by Luka Doncic at plus 400. I do not get how Luka Doncic is ahead of Jason Tatum, who's at plus 700. You know, I, I think the NBA has to say, you know what, stop giving these guys, how can I best put it? Stop pandering to overseas. They're going to watch anyway. Jokic, absolutely. Doncic, he doesn't pass the ball. like, And they're not a winning team. Like, Jason Tatum is the best player on the best team in the NBA right now. There's no reason why he shouldn't be number two and not a whole 300 plus 300 behind Lucas. So Jokic won, Doncic two, Tatum three at plus 700, Joel and Embiid at plus 800, Giannis at plus 1,000. Wow, 10 to 1. Did you ever think you'd hear that day with Giannis being 10 to 1? John Morant, 30 to 1. Kevin Durant, 35 to 1. Steph Curry, 40 to 1. And Donovan Mitchell, 50 to 1. All right, let's go to NBA Sixth Man of the Year where there's some more bogusness going on right now. Russell Westbrook on the losing Lakers leads the pack at minus 165 for sixth man of the year. Like, this is a guy who's like openly taking a demotion and you're going to reward him with sixth man of the year and they haven't won. (laughs) Malcolm Brogdon, two. This is who should be sixth man of the year plus 275. If you don't believe it, did you see tonight's game with the Orlando Magic and he wasn't there? What would have happened, huh? Norman Powell plus 1400. Jordan Poole, 20 to 1. Benedict Marant, Matron, 20, uh, 20 oh, to 1. Oh, Benedict from Indiana. Mathurin, yeah, yeah, that's why I can't say his name. He's really good. He's really good for Indiana. Yeah, Bobby Portis at 25 to 1. Bogdan Bogdanovich, 33 to 1. Malik Monk, 40 to 1. And Victor Oladipo, 50 to 1. But Victor Oladipo ended up being the comeback player of the year just from what he's come back from in the last two years. I mean, I would argue for Jonathan Isaac for what after last night, but we'll talk about that later. Okay, maybe we won't. Um, Let's look at the NBA champion. Okay, to win the East, the Celtics are the odds-on favorite at plus 180, followed by the Bucks at plus 275, the Nets are plus 400, the 76ers at plus 800, and the Cavs at plus 900. In the West, the Nuggets are the odds-on favorite at plus 350, the Warriors at plus 375. The Warriors are not even 500. Boy, Vegas, there must be a lot of money on them coming in because like, like they would be a playing team right now. The Grizzlies at plus 450. Clippers at 5-1, to one and they're struggling. Suns at 8-1, to one and they're struggling. Pelicans, who are right up there in the run, 9-1. to one. There may be some value in there. And this is coming out of the West. And the Mavericks, 13 to 1. That's see, that's what I'm saying. The Mavericks are 13 to 1 to come out of the West. That's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seventh best odds to come out of the West, but they've got the MVP. Come on, get out of my face with that. In the East, Celtics won. I said okay, so overall winner. Celtics win the NBA Finals plus four hundred. Bucks plus five fifty. Nets plus eight hundred. Nuggets plus eight hundred. Warriors nine to one. Grizzlies 10 to 1.
Clippers 13 to 1, 76ers, Suns both 16 to 1, Cavs at 20 to 1, along with the Pelicans. I'd be tempted to sprinkle a little on the Pelicans just to see how far even just for them to win the West at 9 to 1. That'd be pretty something that'd be something pretty interesting. All right, here's a pretty crazy NBA prop bet for the new NBA champion. Uh, Clippers, Grizzlies, Hornets, Jazz, Magic, Nets, Nuggets, Pacers, Pelicans, Suns, or Timberwolves win the NBA Finals plus 125. There's only one name in there that I think that has a chance to, and that's the Nuggets. Any other team to win the NBA Finals minus 155. So that's something you want to sprinkle something on with the Nuggets. The Nuggets may be just that tough in the NBA Finals. So let's see what the odds are for who would play the Celtics in the NBA Finals. Celtics versus the Mavericks, that's 35 to 1. Celtics versus the Nuggets, 12 to 1. Same thing with Celtics Warriors, 12 to 1. Rockets, 500,000, 50,000 to 1. Clippers, 16 to 1. Lakers, 66 to 1. Celtics Grizzlies, 14 to 1. Wow. Timberwolves, 12, 125, 125 to 1. Celtics and Pelicans, 28 to 1. We won't even count the Thunder. That's 500 to 1, 5,000 to 1. Celtics and Suns, 22 to 1. Celtics and Sacramento Kings, seven, uh, 175 to 1. And the Celtics and Jazz, 500 to 1. So what's interesting in there is the Memphis Grizzlies' odds are the second lowest behind the Warriors and the Nuggets. And that's bets to the future. Second hour of late night on WEI next. Celtics, NFL playoffs, Patriots. Hang out. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.